Super Talk Mississippi media production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find exciting. Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. Come on. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Welcome in to another edition of Crusader Talk here on your radio if you're on 97.3 FM. Or if you're tuning online at supertalkhattiesburg.com, we welcome you to our show. This is William Carey University Athletics Talk. By way of Crusader Talk, and we're happy to have you along for the journey, again, either on the radio or in podcast form, however you join uh, join us for this program. Caleb Hamill riding somewhat solo tonight. Got Michael Mergens over on the other side of the desk in place of Will Tony. We're all just trying to make it through the holidays, it seems like, as we inch closer and closer to December 25th and then January 1st as well. Man, it, it is coming by fast and in a hurry. But before we even get to the holidays, we still have a lot more involving William Carey Athletics to talk about. We teed it up last week, and we mentioned that if the Crusaders uh, would have a national championship in tow, we would have a show fully dedicated to that. Well, if anybody's paid attention to the news and all that's happened around, we know that uh, Kerry gave it a valiant effort, made it all the way to double overtime or the two overtime periods and penalty kicks, and came up just short against Cumberland's University. We'll bury that one just a little bit, but we'll also talk to Coach Danny Owens later on, as well as Clayton Rush here on this episode of Crusader Talk. But until then, we'll kind of hold off on that and recapping the terrific season that the women's soccer team had for William Carey, and instead we'll kind of talk about what's happened most recently across the athletics landscape for the Crusaders, and that is men's basketball. They have been on a tear as of late. In fact, currently on a six-game winning streak. This basketball team, y'all, is 8-2 and two on the season. The only two losses that Coach Knight's squad have had are a 79-66 loss against Florida Memorial in a SSAC Sun Challenge neutral site contest, and then kind of a trap game loss to Louisiana Christian, and one that you could talk to any player on William Carey's team, and they'll tell you we overlooked them. We overlooked this Louisiana Christian bunch. We wrote this off as a win automatically, and then just had a, a poor showing. Some bad officiating here or there because it, it felt like there was a foul every third second called in that game as well, and it's one that Carey only lost by five, 84-79. So if you put all this together, William Carey at 8-2, and two, again, on a six-game winning streak, they're hitting their stride early on, and they're going to have a big test as they come out past this most recent Southeastern Baptist win, which, by the way, the Crusaders won 105-56. to 56. Uh, And if you've paid attention even further back on the year, this is the second time they played Southeastern Baptist. So you go from a victory over the Southeastern Baptist Chargers of 105-56 to on Thursday night last week, all the way back to when they faced each other earlier in the year. That was just an eight-point win for William Carey, 75-67 to back on November the 14th. The Crusaders have definitely figured out a lot more about themselves since that, for all intents and purposes, we call it a narrow win when it comes to beating Southeastern Baptist to an all-out dominating win over the Chargers last Thursday. So again, 
this team really starting to get things going. And we'll kind of talk through the two games most recently that the Crusader men's team have had. Uh, so not just that Southeastern Baptist win, but also a win over Southern University at New Orleans as they returned the favor and came to Hattiesburg and faced Coach Knight's squad. And the Crusaders were able to get the win 83-74. to And that score really doesn't even tell you how dominating William Carey truly was. I mean, this was a game that was well in hand for the Crusaders as they led by as many as 19 with three and a half minutes to go in the game. A 19-point lead that they let dwindle a little bit. They subbed in a couple guys uh, to get some playing time out there. Saw Emil Cazaneza return for the first time in a long time. Didn't record points, but he recorded minutes. A grand total of seven, as a matter of fact. Um, Got a couple rebounds in there as well in his time out there on the floor. But all that to say, uh, William Carey in that game against Southern University uh, at New Orleans, uh, that that at New Orleans is an appendant to the team name, not where the game was played. It was played in Hattiesburg. But nevertheless, William Carey shot as a team 41% from the floor. Not their greatest, but not their worst either. About on par for their season average. Uh, from the three-point line, went 10 of 31, so just a shade below you know, 33%. And then for the free throw line, did fairly well. 65% uh, did the Crusaders. Meanwhile, uh, the rebounding went the Crusaders' way. 53 rebounds to Southern's 47. And that really helped them en route to the victory. Now, granted, I cannot talk about this game without giving a little bit of kudos to Suno's number two, Jamal Gibson. I mean, he was absolutely a force down low. Uh, he could have thrown up shots from half court and they would have found their way into the bucket. He went a total of 16 of 24, but it felt like more than that went in. 34 total points for Gibson on Suno's side. But when you look past him, there really was no other big-time scorer on Suno's team. Yeah, it had a guy that finished with nine points, three different players with seven points. But it was that 34-point game for Jamal Gibson that really kept Suno at least involved in the conversation. But again, William Carey, in in a lot of their recent games, have built out tremendous leads. You know, against Suno, it was 19. If you look at Southeastern Baptist, it was the highest margin of leading uh, of 51 points with about a minute and a half to go in the game. They finished pretty close to that. I think that math works out to be they won by 49 against Southeastern Baptist. But let's just kind of look at the most recent games even before that. Let's go back to Saturday's game against Dalton State, led by 16 points in that one with about six minutes and some change to go in the game. Even against Mobile, a team that has been so talented in the SSAC and across the landscape of college basketball. Remember, they got wins over both Spring Hill and NCAA Division I opponent South Alabama. The Crusaders led by as many as 13 in the game with you know, 12 minutes or so to go in the first half, but still had, I believe, an 11-point lead in the second half as well, even though they trailed at halftime. So this team is able to build out leads, even though they only beat Mobile by one in overtime. This is a team that has been able to get in scoring rhythms throughout this season, and they've been able to also win their ball games when they're close. You talk about, most recently, a three-point win over Dalton State last Saturday. Uh, game over Mobile, uh, in Mobile, where they won 81-80 to in overtime. 
Thomas University back home on November 18th, a two-point win, 79-77. That's also one where Kerry had a huge lead at one point. And so you look at those three games. They're all games that Kerry had a big lead that they kind of squandered a little bit and let the other team get back into it. But most recently against Suno and Southeastern Baptist College, they've sustained those leads. And, you know, again, Suno kind of battled back a little bit, you know, from their huge deficit. But still, Kerry held them at bay. You know, winning by, you wish it was 10 points or more, but still, an 83 to 74 victory is still something you can smile about. And so you go 2-0 and over Suno in the season thus far. Those are your only two matchups you expect to have with them. And then 2-0 and over Southeastern Baptist College, always a good way to you know, win over a pretty close proximity-wise team to you from just up the road in Laurel. So Carey is clicking on all cylinders, and they're doing it with great uh, performances from guys like uh, Earl Smith, and then also Dylan Brumfield also having terrific outings. Recently, Ankarian Gross had had some pretty good numbers as far as point scoring. I didn't have his best game against Suno, but was able to come back uh, against Southeastern Baptist and his final numbers. Well, he finished with eight points and nine rebounds, but re- really has uh, been the guy that surprised me. And if you paid attention to the early part of the season, maybe it's not so surprising, but Ashton Campbell has almost been like a sixth starter for William Carey. Right, where's the number one jersey? He transferred in from Jones College this season. Played just 16 minutes against Southeastern Baptist and collected 14 points in the process. Had two assists and two rebounds as well. But goes five of seven from the floor and went four or five from the free throw line. Didn't have a three-pointer in this game, although he's known to shoot them. But got 14 points in just 16 minutes of action on the floor. Meanwhile, Dylan Brumfield had 21 points for the Crusaders, doing a terrific job at the point for William Carey. And then Earl Smith kind of is that two guard, getting 20 points against Southeastern Baptist. Also had six rebounds there and made eight of his 11 shots from the floor. Made three three-pointers there as well. And that's coming off of a game where he had a pretty good three-point shooting day against Suno as well. You know, look at Earl Smith's numbers back there against Suno. He had five of nine three-pointers go down. Imagine being a guy that's able to shoot above 50% from beyond the arc here in 2023 in a season of basketball where teams are so often very defensive. This William Carey team is one that you need to get out to Clinton Gym and watch because they're going to have great showings if they continue their streak like they had against Southeastern Baptist on Thursday night. If you like offense, this is a William Carey team you need to come out and see. And Coach English's squad on the women's side, no slouches either. In fact, they just got a win over Spring Hill College down in Mobile, an NCAA team, Division II, but an NCAA team nonetheless. They won that one 88-76. We'll talk to Josh West later tonight about how that one all transpired. But basketball is on the rise as far as what's going on on William Carey's campus athletics-wise. There are a couple teams that are continuing this success that we've seen. On the other side of the timeout, we'll talk to Clayton Rush as we kind of put a bow on the 2023 women's soccer season. As we continue next, more Crusader Talk comes your way. You're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Back with more Crusader Talk here on this Monday edition yet again. 
glad to always be here. It's always good to come back into the studio and get another you know, talk about William Carey Athletics underway. Is We always have something to talk about, it seems. We're not back in the summer days of just trying to find content and find any source of news that we can. There is constantly a flow of news right now as we have just finished up soccer season and didn't quite end the way that we all wanted it to. As William Carey women's team finished off their day, or finished off their season rather, in the national championship game, but come up just short in penalty kicks. And Clayton Rush was part of the two-man crew calling that one for us on supertalkhattiesburg.com. Clayton, first of all, thank you so much for you and the work of Ben Milam for getting that thing to even be a broadcast in the first place and to give everybody back home something to listen to. I saw at one point, you know, my numbers are kind of limited in what I can see from that link, but I know of at least at one point in that match there were 90 consecutive listeners, and that's not counting the people that listened for a little bit and jumped off. I mean, I'm talking about all at once, 90 people trying to listen into those penalty kicks there at the end. It was an exciting game as far as the uh, the final minutes of regulation and on into penalty kicks, but a, a tough way to close out a otherwise perfect season for William Carey. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely glad we were able to put that together. Uh, I appreciate uh, Super Talk, as well as uh, as well as Coach English and Dr. Burnett, uh, for for letting us get that done. We we just felt like this was such a special season and this was such a special group that uh, we wanted to be able to bring the action live for the Crusader fans uh, in a carry positive way. Uh, the NAI did a great job with their broadcast and their coverage of the live stream, but uh, we were really glad to be able to get down there and uh, cover that one and, and give the Crusader fans, uh, you know, hopefully uh, a fun way to, to listen into the team. And, and, man, I mean, what a season. But, uh, yeah, what a, way to, what a way to lose it as well, unfortunately. You know, you and I joke back and forth about how you thought that Ben Milam was the one that was cursed whenever we were watching the <laughs> semifinal against UT Southern. And uh, you're able to come back in that one after being down 2-0. And, I mean, man, it was a dominating fashion victory towards the end as they won 7-3 but you know is it you that's the jinx now is that is that what we're going to go with after you were on the call for now two championships with a different play-by-play guy I think we have to I think it is me <laughs> it has to be I mean I don't know don't let coach Owens uh, catch wind of that because man no, you, no, no, you, you no, may no, be no. retired that's right that's right no but yeah two uh two PK losses in a row and yeah so Ben Milam and I were on the call for the championship game in 2021 and uh, then Josh and I for uh, 2023. So the the common denominator, yeah, it's it's me. <laughs> There's but, a Taylor Swift song about that, I think. Something like it's it's, it's, it's me. It's hi. me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, yeah. it's me. No, but I mean, it's crazy that it, it happened twice. You know, William Carey yeah. having an otherwise perfect season that ends in a loss in the championship game. It's it's unheard of, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, um, it it's it, it really is. I mean, this team has just been so dominant now uh, for the last six, seven years, and uh, to only uh, be able to come away with one uh, championship out of out of that four of the last six is it's just it's crazy. But I mean, Danny's done such a great job getting his team back to those games every year, um, and, and you know you've got to think that they're going to be primed for another run next year uh, with the pieces they've got coming back. And, and I mean, this is just this is a team, this is a program. Uh, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, certainly not. And I, I want to point back to something that you and I got to talk about uh, kind of in a Twitter conversation or X or whatever we want to call it nowadays. But uh, we were looking at 
something that got posted about how Mary Angela Jimenez has earned the NAIA National Player of the Year honors. And I'm going to bring this up with Coach Owens later. Yep. But it, she's just the second player in program history to receive the award, and she's been somebody that's had the spotlight on her constantly this year, and it comes at no surprise to all of us. Yeah, she's been very clearly the best player in the country. Um, you know, she so so. Yeah, like you mentioned, Carrie's had two players win it. Uh, Anna Paula Santos won it back to back years, uh, 2020 and 2021. 2021 being the year uh, that they lost to Tennessee Southern in the championship. Obviously, Mary Angela was a freshman on that team, so Mary Angela got to play with Anna Paula, um, and and Mary Angela, uh, I guess you could say she, you know, the baton was passed to Mary Angela once Anna Paula graduated out. And then uh, last year and this year, I mean, Mary Angela's just taken her game to a whole new level. Um, and, and, you know, with her time on the national team as well with Venezuela, uh, she's just she's such a special player, and I'm so glad that she gets one more year to give it another go uh, because she's just she's so deserving uh, of, of getting that title that has just eluded her now two out of the last three years. But what a player she is. She's been a terrific one. They also had honors for the first team, All-American team, for a couple of others, including Chloe Strickland, Julia Arabs, in addition to Jimenez, and Maria Azarias. I mean, when you think about those four players right there, Strickland, Arabs, Jimenez, and Azarias, uh, four players that completely change the complexion of William Carey if they're not out there on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just – four really special players um you know i've and i've loved getting to watch them kind of progress in their career um azarius obviously only having two years transferring in from juco but it's been really fun to see specifically chloe and julia kind of grow into their roles with the team and you saw them as freshmen and sophomores uh you know getting some minutes getting some playing time and certainly contributing um, but then when, when it was their time to step up last year, uh, you know, really stepping up, uh, shining for their team. And then this year, uh, just cementing themselves as, as, you know, the all-time carry greats, uh, you know, definitely putting themselves in that conversation. Um, just really special players. And, and it's cool, too. I mean, you've got the local players like Chloe, uh, you know, as well as the, the internationals like Julia uh, Maju and Mary Angela. I mean, just you know, from from all walks of life, from all different parts of the globe, uh, coming into Hattiesburg and just making this such a special program. We're talking with Clayton Rush. She is the analyst for men's and women's soccer at William Carey. Appreciate all of your coverage this season, Clayton. As we've gotten to see a lot of soccer matches uh, amongst the guys and girls teams this year. Uh, I think you know we've kind of pushed the envelope as far as trying to avoid talking the specifics of it, but let's kind of break down a little bit of that championship ball game. Yep. Uh, yep. As you know, y'all were dealing with some technical glitches on your side, trying to even you know make it to air for us all. You know we had a, kind of a freak goal happen against William Carey. Uh, Lauren Bosca on the Cumberland side was able to just get one in, and it was kind of crazy too, and I'll, I'll describe it best I can and then you can follow up with what you saw, but it was a shot that was high and up under the crossbar that Marlon Kelm was able to elevate, get her hands on it, and for all intents and purposes, it looked like a, a clean save, routine you know, ball that she would punch up over the crossbar, but instead it kind of lightly deflected off of her to her left over towards the post and still find a way to sneak in, just kind of ricocheted off and found its way over the line and in the netting. Yeah, it was uh, certainly, I mean, I, I don't think I'm 
uh, discrediting the goal at all when I say I think it was a fluke goal. Uh, you know, it was a corner kick, balls miscleared a little bit. Um, you know, certainly uh, could have been cleared a little bit cleaner um, on any other day, but you know, ball kind of bounces out to Bosca. She hits it, uh, actually deflects off of a defender uh, for carry. And so after that deflection, just really, it gave Marlon some problems. I don't think she saw it well. There was a ton of bodies in the box. There was a ton of uh, players in front of her. And so I don't think she got a great read on the ball. Uh, she did get the hand on it, like you said. And I think it was just kind of, she didn't have enough time to react to it. Uh, had there not been a couple players in front of her, I think she sees that ball a lot cleaner, a lot easier. And I think she makes more of a routine save. But yeah, just one of those freak goals that can happen um, can happen in any game and just uh, happened kind of at the wrong moment for Carrie, really. And the reason you say it kind of happens at the wrong moment for Carrie is it happens in the 27th minute in a game that had been kind of gridlocked for a while there. Yep. And William Carey, though, had been attempting shots left and right, but still you know, were unable to find a goal there early in the match. And as soon as Cumberland's gets that goal in the 27th minute, all of a sudden you're seeing 10 players in the box. Park At all the times, they parked the bus, exactly, for the remainder of that match. And you knew that's what the goal was. I mean, yeah. Carey would forever, uh, for the rest of the match, be attempting shots. In fact, you look at – let's kind of you know, jump into stats a little bit here. Cumberland's shot you – know, or had shot attempts five times in the entire regulation 90 yep. minutes of the match. Yep. Five shots, one of them went in. And – Again, that that kind of alludes to what you mentioned, Clayton, about a, a flute goal there. Uh, only three shots were on goal of the total six that they had, including the first overtime period. They didn't have a shot in the second overtime. But Carey in the match had 37, yeah. 19 on goal uh, to go with 18 saves. So, I mean, it, almost all but one of those was handled by the keeper, which I mean, give credit. Cumberland's had a great performance from their keeper. And it's just a, a game where Kerry was able to get that equalizer. Caused a lot of ruckus there from Virginia Mesa able to get that goal. But Clayton, at the end of the day, sometimes the best team out there has something not go their way and they don't get a championship. Yeah, certainly. I, I don't think I'm um, I don't think I'm discrediting Cumberland's at all when I say that I, it certainly feels like the better team didn't win that day. Um, you know, I think the stats really don't lie in that instance. Uh, you saw um, William Carey play the way that they wanted to play for 90 minutes, and Cumberland uh, once they got the goal, they sat in, and so uh, just really unfortunate that you know 19 of those shots on goal that uh, only one of them found their way into the back of the net. Um, really fortunate that the one did find its way into the back of the net uh, that we you know got to see extra time. But hey, Clayton, yeah. we're uh, up against the break. But thanks so much, man. We're going to talk to Coach Owens next. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Caleb. You're tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg ninety seven point three and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Continue the conversation here on Crusader Talk, talking everything William Carey Athletics. I'm Caleb Hamill. Michael Mergens is operating the board tonight for us. And Josh West has been out covering William Carey's women's basketball team as they've taken on Spring Hill College tonight. Win that contest 88-76, to even without the help of Rose Warren and Chenille Corpus towards the end. We'll talk to him in the fourth segment about that one. But before we 
do that. We have a third segment in which we are joined now on the phone by Coach Danny Owens of the women's soccer team. And, Coach, uh, when I texted you earlier today, it was kind of a, a toss-up as to whether or not I, I thought it would be appropriate to bring you on so soon after a national championship loss. But I think everybody out there deserves to kind of hear a year-end review and uh, kind of get some words before we – kind of put a wrap-up on this season before next season begins. Uh, but thank you so much for, first of all, coming on the program tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, Coach, let's, you know, I feel like it may be best for us to work our way backwards. As Clayton and I were just kind of talking about uh, some of the different highlighted players, and I'll bring them up with you as well. But let's kind of jump through and rip off the Band-Aid of this most recent game William Carey had in the national championship where they lost to Cumberland's and penalty kicks. Uh this was a game where it felt like the right things didn't happen in the right order you know, for the teams involved. For Cumberland's, the right things definitely happened in the right order of them getting an early goal. And what Clayton and I both kind of described as a flute goal uh, that kind of surprisingly got past Marlon Kelm off a deflection and really allowed their team to park the bus for the remainder of the game. When you saw that goal go in, did you kind of understand already what you were in for for the remainder of that match? Yeah, we did. You know, we obviously scouted them over the, the short period that we had, um, kind of stayed up late that night. But, you know, part of the scouting report was they weren't going to create a ton of chances, but they were going to take their chances. So, um, you know, and just the way the tournament was going, you know, we found ourselves in three out of the four games going down a goal. So um, I knew that was the type of goal they could score, um, but I didn't. You know, I wasn't overly nervous because I knew we were in that situation. We kind of dealt with it, and we still had a lot of time to play when they scored the goal. Yeah, I thought it was very similar play that we saw from Cumberland's, that we saw from Aquinas earlier in the tournament where you know, they were able to try to just park the bus and play defensively for a majority of that match. And it really worked out for Cumberland's. I mean, you look at statistically, I mentioned it with Clayton, but yeah, total of 13 shots for William Carey in the first half, 19 in the second. And for a long time there, I think a lot of people were anticipating Carey finally having a breakthrough. But it came a lot later in the match, I think, that we were anticipating in Virginia Mesa finally getting that goal in the 87th minute. So it, with those chances that we all had there uh, as Crusader fans and for the Crusader players, you know, it felt like one of those was going to finally break through, but it felt like every shot William Carey had was saved. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. And we talked about it at halftime. Um, we talked about the game's 90 minutes, and, you know, we've been in a few games this year where it took us to the end, and, you know, I told them if it took us 89-57 on the clock to score, that that was still enough time to score, and we had to score anyway. So I thought our girls kept their composure. Um, we were trying to encourage them and keep them just – we were doing the right things. You know, in the first half, a lot of our shots were – we're from distance, and we didn't have a great look, but you know we had a, a lot of really good looks in the second half. And I remember one time just looking at my sister, and it's like, this is just isn't going to fall for us. But um, we just kept pushing, kept pushing, and you know if, if we scored that goal in the, the ten minutes to go, we you know we might get another goal. But I truly thought in the tournament we were scoring kind of goals back to back within the, yeah. the next minute or two, and so. I really thought we were going to win the game, even though we had three minutes and we scored. I was like, okay, we can we can still score the second second goal. And again, we had looks, 
uh, we had two really good opportunities in that last three minutes. It just it didn't fall for us. Yeah, and you know, hats off to Virginia Mesa finally getting the Crusaders a chance there and getting that goal and on an assist from Karen Valau. Uh, it was tremendous, and I, even in my offices, I was listening to Josh and Clayton. Man, I was fist pumping and jumping up and down in my chair there at work. And you know, don't tell my employer that I, I was you know had that in my ears while I was doing my job. But you know, it was one of those things where I, not just me, but several players and or former players and fans were all just enjoying you know, the fact that Kerry was possibly going to make a big comeback win. But as we kind of move forward in that game, Kerry didn't get the goal, the second goal they needed in regulation. They move on into overtime periods one and two, and it felt like for Cumberland's, a team that, again, only shot the ball or had shot six times, only three of which were on goal, one of those going in. You know, It seemed like they were content to just defensively play against William Carey to force PKs. And so with that, you know, William Carey, when you saw the game going to penalty kicks, what was going through your head as far as how that would match up against Cumberland's? I didn't know how we'd match up. You know, I just know that it's something that we've worked on. You know, we learned something in 2021 when we lost in penalties in that final. Um, you know, we, we practiced that last year. You know, we kind of changed up what we did. And, you know, we won in penalties – uh, last year at, at William Carey to go to the final site. So we kind of had the same routine, the same thing we did. And it was, we had our, we had an order of the girls knew who was shooting, who was shooting when, um, you know, we, we had faith that Marlin, you know, was going to save, you know, at least one, if not two. And, um, so it was just a matter of going to execute, uh, you know, the shot, but, you know, as much as you practice and, and whatever you can't, you can't practice the moment. You know, I, I recognized when when each player stepped up, it got dead silent in that stadium. And there was a decent crowd. And you know, when someone would shoot and save or shoot and score, crowd erupted. But when that player was walking up, standing at that ball, I mean, you could hear pin drop. So mm. you know, that's a that's a nervous moment. Um, and you just got to execute. And uh, you know, we just didn't just didn't execute as well and um, you know that keeper made a couple good saves and that was really the difference in the game it really was so with that you know she Martell finishes with 18 saves with the 19 shots William Carey put on frame and with that the Crusaders fall and have just their first loss of the year another uh, just crazy to think a couple undefeated seasons with just a loss in the championship game and I know that's tough for you tough for the seniors that have been part of both of those clubs but, you know, with that comes reflection on what has been just a terrific season for William Carey all the way up to the championship game. And it comes along with some honors for several players, including uh, Mary Angela Jimenez, who gets NAIA National Player of the Year honors, second player ever in William Carey history to earn that title. And they also have great finishes uh, with first-team All-Americans in Chloe Strickland, uh, Arabs, Azarias, and then Jimenez, who won the national player as well. Just with those four, Coach, I told Clayton, I said, if those four aren't on the pitch, it's a completely different look of this team. They're the ones that always made a difference when they were out there. Yeah, no, they were great. You know, and we played that entire tournament without Julia. Um, you know, she gave us spotty minutes in the quarterfinal, and – maybe 10 minutes in the final, but, you know, 
we didn't have a first team All American on the field for us for pretty much all, you know the entire. And she was a big um, a big part of our team. You know, kind of we played everything through her. So the girls over the you know the postseason run since the conference semifinal had to adjust. Um, yeah, but you know, special girls. Those you know, I thought uh, Maria and, and Mary Angela had a superb tournament. I thought Chloe in the back. She was a rock. I had a lot of compliments about Chloe and how well she played. But and you know, it, but it's not just about those four. You know, it was it was a credit to the entire team. The entire team uh, really showed up. You know, and sometimes you don't know if they're going to show up on the day if it's just an off day. And you know, at halftime of the quarterfinal, I told the team like it's at the end of the day, it's just a game. The sun's going to come out tomorrow. You know, don't change the moment of the game. Just go and play and have fun. And when we were having fun, we were always at our best. So try to take the pressure off of the meaning of the game and just go play the game. And, again, I, I thought the girls did that. And, you know, the first thing I told the team at the end, it was kind of a tough moment. But that we didn't need a trophy to, to define who was the best team in the country. You obviously want to win the, the, the trophy. But I think walking off that field, uh, you know, I think everybody knew who was the best team in the country this year. Just, you know, on the day, just didn't fall our way. And losing in penalties is just tough. Talking you to know, Coach Danny Owens of uh, women's soccer here at William Carey. And uh, to kind of wrap this one up with you, Coach, uh, you know, we look to turn the page into you know, closing this season and looking ahead to next season. I uh, had a couple of graduate students this year on your team, several seniors. Uh, how many of those uh, have a possible COVID year still to use that we may be able to see back here next year? Yeah, so uh, Chloe Strickland has the potential to come back, um, but she's finished with school. She she's actually graduated or finished her classes this term. You know, she'll finish up in that winter try. So uh, right after the game, I looked at her and said, "You sure you don't want to come back and, and go again?" And you know, hopefully she's thinking about it. So we'd love to have our senior captain come back and anchor that defense. But um, I think, you know, it's, I think they want to, you know, a couple of them want to come back and play, but they're also finished with school and um, kind of looking forward to, to moving on to graduate school or, or getting jobs. So um, yeah, real life all of a sudden kicks in, huh? Yeah. And, you know, and they've had a good, good four year, good career. And, so I don't, you know, we obviously want everybody back, but I don't um, disapprove for, for them wanting to, they played the four years and ready to move on. Well, Coach, now it just becomes a matter of, well, what wasn't finished this year, we'll come back and do again next year. And you got a lot of good players coming back. I think about uh, the fact that Jimenez has another chance at it, Zalma Torres, at uh, is going to likely get a lot of minutes in the next season to come. Uh, our players that came in from Japan will likely have good playing time as this was just their first year at William Carey. And, of course, can't forget about players like Christina Salmon or Lauren Jones, two you know, very good talents on William Carey's team. Mentioned, or I forgot to mention Christina Salmon's second team, All-NAIA or All-American. So William Carey's got some good pieces heading into the next season as well. Maybe make another run at it. Yeah, you know, the experience and being there and knowing what it takes, you know, you can't, you know, you can't undervalue that experience. So we're looking forward to next year and we'll hopefully get a couple recruits and uh, have, have the returners kind of lead the way. And, you know, that was probably the biggest thing was uh, just how the, the older girls told the, the newer girls what it takes and what's expected. And, you know, 
truly was a pleasure to watch this team grow from the very beginning to the end, just to watch them grow into the team they became. It was it was phenomenal. You, I give all the credit to the returners. So hopefully the returners can uh, can do the same thing next year. And it's their time to step up and, and be, be the person, um, you know, to lead the team. So we're looking forward to it. Coach, thanks so much, and congrats on a terrific 2023. We'll see you around sometime soon. Okay, thank you. Talking everything William Carey University Athletics. This is Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Final segment with you here on Crusader Talk as just me. I've been talking too much, man. Where Where is Josh West? We need somebody to save the day. Actually, we've got him on the phone line. Josh, how was the game tonight, buddy? Man, it was fantastic. I was going to say, you know, with a different say, I'm here. I'm here to save you. 88-76 win for the Lady Crusaders in a bounce-back game, snapped a little two-game losing streak. But, you know, Caleb, this was all about Kerry getting healthy, right? Kylie Hill's back. Um, Rally back. Uh, Colton Blakeney back. And so Rally gets hot in the second quarter, drops in 15 in the first half, hits three threes and a nice little run, hit three in a row in that second quarter after missing her first two. Colton Blakeney comes out, Ooh. makes five of her first six shots. On fire. Um, just on fire, yeah. The team was shooting right up near 60% to start the game, finished the game at 57%. I mean, just shot the cover off the ball tonight. And, I mean, you put up 88 points on the road, that tells you. And that looked like the William Carey team that we're used to seeing. What was fun about the postgame interview um, was that, you know, I noticed, you know, late in the game in meaningful minutes, you've got Zoe Cooley on the floor. You've got Leah Sutton on the floor. You've got, you've got, um, you've got Madeline Ladner on the floor. You've got a lot of subs in the ballgame. And that's because the twos have been whipping the number one's tails in practice for the last week. They earned those minutes, and so there was not only no drop-off when the subs were in the game, the team got better at times in stretches. So this is a carry team that had nine players scored tonight. That is really a team that's 10, 11 players deep, and that is a luxury a lot of teams are not going to have. Spring Hill only had six players in the scoring column tonight. Again, William Carey had nine, so that is going to be huge for this team moving forward. Oh, and you shoot 12 of 13 from the free-throw line. Leah Sutton goes off for a dozen. She finished eight for eight from the free-throw line. So, I mean, just up and down the stat sheet, um, 33 points from the Carey bench tonight. I mean, it was just an all-around stellar win. Hey, it's so good to see Lauren Rowley back scoring like she used to. I mean, I look back just at what her progression has been over the last few games. She went from a, a game against Thomas scoring 25 points, just short of a career high for her, uh, which would have been, I think, 28, uh, to scoring only four points in the last two ball games combined against Mobile and Faulkner on the road. And it just seemed like she had she had a little bit of a, a roll-up happen against Thomas there late in the game. That's why she didn't hit that career high and got pulled in the second half. But – Sure. It felt like something was up with her, but, man, did she figure it out tonight. Well, she did. She finishes with 19 tonight. Colton Blakeney goes off for 18. And um, so it was just good to see the stars be who they are. Blakeney, to me, looks like she hasn't skipped a beat. 
rally to me now looks like she hasn't skipped a beat. So to get those players back playing at or near the level they were prior to their injuries is huge heading into the big game that you have on Saturday down in New Orleans. Yeah, this is a a matchup that's always been tight between William Carey and Loyola. And Josh, I know you're kind of new to the fold of William Carey basketball, uh, but over the last few years, it has been a really tough ball game and oftentimes a really close game. Uh, between Loyola and William Carey. Uh, I can't tell you the last time William Carey beat Loyola in women's basketball, but I can think back in 2020, it was a team that was vying for, you know, both teams were vying for that first, second place finish in the regular season, and Loyola still was just the better team there. But it's a test where I really feel like, out of all the chances over the recent years that William Carey's had, it really feels like this team is showing what they're made of here late, and it seems like they have what it takes to make a a good effort against this Wolfpack team and possibly come away with a win on Saturday. Yeah, Caleb, I mean, we always, it's the old saying, if this team stays healthy, they're going to be this, or if this team stays healthy, they can do this. Never has that been more true. You know, this team would have, could have, should have been 9-0 right now without the injuries and I think they are I think if I think without the injuries I think this is a 9-0 and basketball team so teams that are preparing for them are going to be preparing and telling their teams hey look William Carey should be undefeated they've had a couple injuries those players are back we're essentially playing an undefeated basketball team so really really excited about what William Carey has a chance to achieve this year Got about 45 seconds left. Your next game up is uh, over in Montgomery. You're going to cover William Carey's men's team facing Faulkner. That'll be right here on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3. How does that matchup look like, or what does that matchup look like to you? A lot of firepower for both teams. Both teams can really fill it up. Um, both have great guard play. William Carey is going to have to guard the three ball, and I think if William Carey can do what they've been doing, dominate the post, they've got a great, great chance to go on the road and pull an upset. It's a Faulkner team on a five-game winning streak right now. Uh, would have had a six-game winning streak if they could have pulled off the win over Mobile in double overtime. They lost that one 83-80. to Josh, look forward to hearing your call on that one, and uh, man, just one more Crusader talk that we get to record before we're out for the holidays, man. It's come to yep. a close quickly. It's going to be fun. All right. Thanks, Josh. That'll do it for us here on Crusader Talk. Uh, we'll kind of pause the Crusader of the Week as we've been a, recapping a whole lot. We'll may, we may give two, kind of as our almost Seder of the Year, if you will, because we'll have a big year-end recap. We'll give a Crusader of the Week next week as well as their Seder of the Year. That's yeah, live, just talking it out loud right now. That's what we're going to do. But for Josh and for Clayton and Coach Danny Owens, who joined us throughout today's program, I'm Caleb Hamill, and also for Michael Murgis behind the board, wishing you a good night, God bless, and go Saders. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.